0: To the Freedom Pact Today on the show We have the return of Ollie Allerton Ollie is a former Special Forces Soldier and a member Of the directing staff On Channel 4's hit show SAS Who Dares Wins Ollie's military career began At the age of 18 When he joined the Royal Marine Commandos And toured operationally in northern ireland and in iraq for operation desert storm he subsequently spent six years in the special boat service rising to team leader before working in iraq as a private security contractor and carrying out charity work in southeast asia in his personal life ollie has dealt with his fair share of problem including battling a failed relationship substance abuse depression and a pronounced death wish, through all the trials and tribulations of feeling worthless and lacking purpose, Ollie discovered something. He discovered what it meant to become battle-ready. And in this podcast, we break down Ollie's latest book, Battle Ready, and talk about all the secrets, the tactics, and the practices that you, the listener, can use today to become battle-ready. So, Ollie Ollerton, welcome back to the Freedom Pact podcast. Thank you, mate. It's a pleasure to be back. I've been, over the last few days, going through this book. I devoured it in about a day, actually, originally. What I liked about it is that it's more, it reminds me more of a personal development book in and existing in a different sphere, as uh, Breakpoint did. And with any good personal development book, I was left with, you know, a lot more questions. And um, before I dive into those, uh, I set the scene and I'll ask you, what does it mean to be battle ready?
1: Battle ready really is is for me or well, for anyone as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's not a physical thing. It's a state of mind. It means that you're basically ready for anything. Um, and it 's making sure that everything in your life is squared away that so that if something big happens to you or or maybe something not so big, but if something happens that 's quite impactful, it doesn 't knock you off track you know you still you 're still able to to carry on move forward um, and and it doesn 't affect your progress to where you want to be. you know life is cruel, you know people will die people people will die. People will cheat on you. People will tread all over you. And it's about being robust uh, mentally to be able to, to, to never uh, lose sight of the goal and make sure that you have got. And we will move on to that, I'm pretty sure, in this, um, throughout this session. It's about making sure that you have a goal.
0: Yeah, and, and the book is, is um, predominantly broken down into four parts, and I do want to explore those different parts individually. Um, but there were mm. one or, there were one or two things that caught my eye in, in the introduction, even, um, as I was reading through the book, I was putting sticky notes on it on every page that I, I had a question about. And by the time I'd finished the introduction, I, 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 you know, I was on about 10 sticky notes already. So I'll do my best to try and make my way through the entire book. Um, sure. and I mean, coupled with the information in the book, there's, there's loads of exercises you've inserted, which I think is, was a fantastic element of the book and, you know, even those alone I think are valuable. I mean you could even you could even put it as a separate, you know, like a like a breakpoint um workbook even those pages. I thought they were fantastic as well. And um one of the, the first things that, that jumped out to me into the in the introduction was you said you're the happiest you've ever been and you attribute that because you found inner purpose and followed it. How important is it to, to find that inner purpose? purpose and 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 what has it done for you since finding
1: you know what i I look in it's hard for me to say i mean you know that i've wasted life um but i have spent and i don't call it that i have no regrets about anything that's happened because it's made me who i am today Um, but i've spent so much of my life searching for something that's going to make me happy you know, and that's the that's just the way, the way that we're wired. We're wired to look for something that represents happiness. Now, that could be a flash car. It could be the nice new job. It could be the marriage. It could be a combination of all those things. But we're so fixated on the external image of something that that's what we chase. But the thing is, happiness is not external. Happiness is internal. And as soon as you start to understand what makes you happy the inside that is when you start to understand your purpose in life you know finding your purpose is really finding stuff that makes you happy and that can be in your job you might not be able to find purpose in your job but it might pay for you to create purpose in your social life or you know time outside of work so really for me it's about letting go of the external factors stop chasing the dream that's based around an image and start to do things that really mean something to you, that make you happy. And I can't describe that to anyone, you know, because that is so individual to each and every person that happiness is created from something that you love, not from something that someone else has got.
0: Mm -hmm. On that subject of, you know, everything being personal, um, when you open the book, one of the first things you see is it's almost like a contract. Uh, It's called The Promise um, and yeah. and you 're promising to yourself, why was this important for you to include? Is it because that accountability to yourself is crucial
1: yeah, the thing for me and the basis around the book in in general is the fact that you know and it's quite interesting that i a lot of that book, the contents, the exercises, especially the exercises, were done at a point where I put myself into self isolation now, the reason I did that. It's because I was sick of the repeat cycle yesterday. There was an internal conflict going on with me and I was basically repeat cycle, I was sabotaging myself every day. So although I used to have this idea of where I wanted to be, my, my programming, my repeat cycle, was just stopping me from achieving that because I was self, self-sabotaging every day. So really I wanted to make sure, I, I knew that it's just like a computer. You have to reprogram it if it's not working. And for me, that's how I looked at us as humans. You know, we when there's years, and for me, by the time I wrote that book, there was 43, it was four, I was 43 by that stage. There was 43 years of programming, both in school, personal life, my career, everything. You can't just unwind unwind that through unhappiness. In fact, unhappiness will keep you in the same cycle. You know, you, we get basically what we, what we focus on, what, what our dominant thoughts focus on, that's what we create in our life, okay? So for me, it was about, I knew I had to, to reprogram myself and that's the blueprint, that's the subconscious I had to retrain. So me, writing a contract was one of the first things I did because I was, I was holding myself accountable to something I was programming into my subconscious. And that might sound a bit far out there for, for some people to, to understand, but it's the only way you can, you can actually change this, the, the repeat cycles going on. And we are, you know, from early age, from, from, from very early ages of, of mankind, we were taught to, if we found food, we were taught to, um, to go back to where we found that food and make sure that we kept eating that food because we know it was good food, it's not going to kill us. So we're, we're creatures of habit just by our our very evolution. So that's, you know, everything we do in life is, 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 is a habit is through a habit. So it's really about trying to change that programming, build new normal pathways to make them into super highways of new habits. And the only way you can do that, and I've done it, it's proof that book is living proof that the the exercise and and the, the things I've put into that book. They work, you know. The thing is, a lot of the time, people only find this stuff. I only found this kind of stuff because I had nowhere else to turn. I was at my lowest ebb. but I had nowhere else to turn. And through that, I found the most powerful thing ever, you know. But and I wanted, I want to pass that knowledge on to people. So yet the first thing when you see that, and I don't expect people to fill that out straight away. It should, you know, it's just the fact the promise is there that I want people to actually go back. What, what make a promise to yourself you know, make a promise to change something about yourself that you 're not happy with, and stop going through the, the ongoing conflict you know the, the conflict every day that you don 't like how you look you don 't like what you 're eating, you know it 's not good for you, you know that's causing your weight gain, whatever it is you don 't like smoking you 're drinking too much, whatever it is if that internal conflict is going on every day, if you don 't do something about it you 're going to drive yourself crazy
0: and um you know, one of the one of the main themes of the book, well, I got from it anyway, was the awareness of the the unconscious disc, uh, discontent that we all, you know, go through, and um, the prevention of that being things like risk taking, losing fear, um, avoiding comfort zones. How dangerous is this unconscious discontent, then?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's extremely, um, you know, it's 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 what we it's the framework of our very life. So, you know, it's, it's that framework that um, controls our destiny, controls our life. So one thing I'll say about this book, right, and this is, this is a lot of people in the personal development world in this sort of, when it comes to the corporate stuff, and we do, I do a fair bit of corporate stuff, people ask, have you got goals, right? And I'm probably jumping ahead of here, but I think it's really important. Have you got goals? And some people say, no, I haven't got goals. And some people say yes, I have got goals. The fact is, everyone has goals, whether they like it or not, okay? And this comes back down to our wiring again, you know, our, our early sort of primal wiring. You are driven towards what your dominant, dominant thoughts focus on. So whether you like it or not, you have a goal. You're, we're, we're goal-driven, okay? And, and, and basically, unless you choose what you want to receive, you'll probably end up with something that you don't want to receive. That's based on your dominant thoughts. So really, um, you know, it's, it's that kind of, when you start to understand yourself that way? I mean, when people say, you know, to, to get a better perspective of this, if you want to understand how you think, let's do it the other way around. Look at your life. That's exactly how you think. You know, if, you, if your life's great, then obviously you, you, you think great. You know, if your life isn't so good and the stuff you want to change, that's, that's just down to the way you think. You know, we create our own destiny through the way we think. And people find it hard to understand that. They think life's laid out for them. They've been given the short straw. It's a load of absolute bollocks. You know, we control our destiny. And once people understand how powerful the mind is and how we can control our destiny... You know, as long as we do it in the correct manner, but if we don't, that's how subconscious thinking, how dangerous it can be, you know? So it's about being awake. It's about being aware. It's about being conscious, you know, and unless you're any one of those three, you're basically on a treadmill going nowhere.
0: I think it's, it's, um, it evokes feelings of that. Bob Proctor quote, um, if you think it in your mind, you'll, you'll hold it in your hand. And um, I think that's relevant in, in all areas of life. I mean, some, there's that thing where they say, if you look at your partner, they're almost a, a reflection of, of yourself, of your thoughts, of what you think of yourself. And that can be applied to anything, your job and other areas of your life. And yeah. um, that brings me to the first section of the book, the call to change. Mm-hmm. How did you personally... Uh, if we make it, you know, personal to you, get to the mm. bottom, and more importantly, how did you realize you were at the bottom?
1: Um, I got, I got to the bottom basically of, of just years. I mean, you know, it wasn't a case of, um, you know, there was there was there were good aspects to my life, but the thing is, when I look back, it was just mayhem. You know, wherever I went, there was mayhem, broken relationships, just it just it was just like a smoke, like a. A blazing trail of of dust of mayhem, and when I look back, you know and I, I just kept you know I, I was getting to a certain age and I was like thinking, Do I want to keep doing this for the rest of my life? Is this getting me anywhere? and you know, I came back to the u k after i said i'd never come back here, but something something brought me back, something told me um you know I just had this feeling i, I opened the the um, uh, the sort of the the floodgates of opportunity that lay back here for me. And once I did that and stopped rejecting it, you know, everything started falling into place. But when I came back here, I was extreme. I was, I was still broken. I, I knew I had to make changes. Um, I knew I had to um, really start to, um, you know, break, break those chains of habit. And, um, you know, it, it was at that point where I got back to the UK, I started working in another in another job Um, Although I wanted to start my own business, you know, and then I started feeling the same patterns coming again, you know, there was drink involved. And when I talk about drinking alcohol, it wasn't like I was, you know, I was an alcoholic. It was more the fact I could see how alcohol was contributing to my lack of productivity and creativity and how that influenced my mind so much and, and, and influencing negatively my thought patterns. So that's why, for me, I talk about alcohol a lot, and people probably think, "Oh, he's a raving alcoholic," but it's not. I just see how dangerous alcohol was affecting my my mindset. So for me, coming back and I and I've sat there at the point, and you know, I was forty three years old. My brother and sister have got family. They've got houses. They got you know, I had nothing. You know, I've been to I've been to um, I've earned a lot of money. You know, I've been to Iraq. I worked there as a contractor. I earned a fortune out there, and I came back and I sat there and I thought, "You haven't got anything, you know. You haven't got anything, and all you're doing is repeating the same cycles, jumping for. You know, my my whole thing um, throughout my whole life has always been about escape. Gets too hard, you know, relationships and everything gets too hard. It's uncomfortable. Run, go, go somewhere else. Change it. Start again. Change it. Start again. And it was time for me to stop that habit. It was time for me to 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 stand still plant my foundations and start to change who I was and not look for the situation to change, but change me. And then everything around me would change. Um, So really for me, it was when I came back in 2014, and that's when I put myself into the boot camp. When I say that, I put myself into, you know, it's details in the book. I went, I had a house, fortunately, that I could go to, uh, which was someone's, my mum's house, actually a cottage in Cornwall. Uh, that she wasn't living in, in at the time. And, um, you know, I sat and I, I put myself in there for two months. And it was that point, you know, m- my life was just going nowhere. Same repeat patterns, 43 years old. And um, I just went, right, that's enough. That's enough. Life needs to, life needs to change. I went, you know, and I was, at, at that time, I wanted a business. I'd gone to the bank trying to get money for the business. And I couldn't because I'd been away out of the country for so long. Nothing was coming together. But the only th- the only place I could look for help was within, and that's what I did from that point. Yeah. And I swore to myself to be non judgmental throughout that time. So, although my mind was telling me, and this is an important part of this book, although my mind was telling me a lot along the way, this isn't working, this is a waste of time, you look like a fool, you know, everyone else would laugh at you. I pushed that aside because that's feelings and emotions. When it comes to changing, that needs a process. That is void of emotions and void of feelings because once you start aligning with emotions and feelings, they will talk you out of what you want to do, and that's the kind of thing that will push you into the old habits of yesterday because it's just used to you repeating that pattern day in, day out, and that's where it's comfortable. But the thing is, the short-term comfort provides long-term pain. And we should be looking the other way around. You know, I detail in that book, I talked about it a lot. The whole theory behind your eight point is the fact. We should, be, we, should, we should be accepting short-term discomfort because that leads to long-term gain, you know? And if our lives, you know, the way we're wired, we're looking, you know, we're wired to avoid stress. We're wired to avoid anything that looks dangerous. We're wired that way, okay? But if your life is all about taking the short-term comfort, and that can be alcohol, that can be food, that can be relationships, it can be jobs, that leads to long-term pain. You're not finding your purpose. You're not finding anything in your life that's really making you happy. You know, so it's, it's it's a really easy exercise to do. You know, if you're like, you know, everything you do, is it all about that short-term happiness? You know, question yourself that. Is, is that. Is that what your life's all about? Do you sit there, have a load of drinks, and then the next day, regret it? You know, do you... Whatever it is, you know, if your life is more so about, you know, it's it's okay to do that now and then, but if if you're predominantly looking for that short-term comfort, that is going to lead to long-term pain, you know, so it's about stepping through the discomfort in the short-term, getting through, you know, whether that's, it can be any aspect of your life, it's about getting getting through that short-term discomfort and that leads to long-term gain.
0: I want to pick up on, on something, um, a word you mentioned briefly there was, was purpose. And I think one of the, in the book, you talk about the importance of things like purpose, meaning, giving. And one of the examples you give is, is that Thailand skin trade and, and you know, the, the freeing of the young people. And, and what did that do for you personally? And even deeper than that, is helping people important and at the core of, of your human nature?
1: Yeah, that was, that was phenomenal. What that, what that gave to me was um, nothing I ever planned or nothing I ever expected. But, you know, I'd been sort of, bang- I was like we talked about previously, I was looking for that external something that would make me happy, of course. Oh, yeah, joining the special forces, it's everyone's dream. It's my dream, you know, to be the elite of the elite. That looks great. You know, that's all, you know, the, the desire for that is so ego-based. You know, that, that when you get there for me, I wasn't, you know, people look at me and saying, how oh, can you, how can you not be happy? That's amazing that you did that. I, you know, I'm sorry, but it just didn't complete me as a person. So then, you know, I bounced around, went to uh, other war zones as a, as a contractor. Um, and then, you know, once I realized, you know, that was, that was even worse actually, you know, that was, you know, it wasn't delivering what it wasn't making me, it wasn't fulfilling me whatsoever. And I came across, I stumbled across helping rescuing those kids in Thailand and that was phenomenal. What that gave me changed my life. You know, it was was an epiphany and the fact was, it was helping other people. Um, And take the, okay, take the kids out of the equation. Helping anybody is such an amazing gift, okay? And what you get from that is, Unbelievable fulfillment, and it makes sense, doesn't it, in the whole scheme of things when it comes to human evolution and everything? Helping mankind or you know, helping our species to survive should feel good and make you want to do more of it because, as far as the species, you know, the species wants to, um, you know, further evolve, so it makes sense that helping other people should feel good, but for me. Um, and, and, and especially in this world now, as well, you know, you, everyone is fighting for all the Instagram followers. Everyone's fighting for, um, you know, to be the best at work, to have the best car, to, to to you know, to keep up with the Joneses, all that kind of stuff. Everyone is losing that ability to help others, you know, and we're missing out. People that don't see the worth in that are missing out. And once you start investing in other people and it doesn't have to have any kind of obvious benefit to you. It's not like, well, I'll help that person because I'm going to get that. It's just the fact of helping other people makes you feel whole. It makes you feel amazing. And since, you know, that, that, unfortunately that work in Thailand, rescuing the kids from prostitution and slavery it ended abruptly, but it had already given me that gift. And that's why I then took that. Everything I did there was 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 the reason for for me creating. Uh, that helped me to find my purpose, and I wanted to do a job, have a job, create something that was in line with my purpose. And that's why I started my company called Breakpoint. You know, Breakpoint's mission statement is to create a globally identified brand recognized for the positive growth and development of others. And that's what we do. You know, and that. I kind of almost feel selfish, you know, because I I feel that when you help people, it gives you so much back. Once you start doing it and start doing it continually, once you get that feedback, you know, you're getting emails from people saying, you've changed my life. You know, I've got so many messages from my last book. Great point. Just through reading that, people are like, you've changed my life. You've given me the inspiration I need. You've helped me. You know, there's no end of messages. And that to me is better than any paycheck.
0: Yeah, I think that the, the what you mentioned there about what it did for you personally, um, and, it, and again, it might have you know ended abruptly, but it but it opened you up further to, to other ventures and other things. And that reminds me of something you said in the book, and I've got a quote here. You said, Every little thing you invest in yourself starts to yield more opportunities. How deep does that go?
1: Well, for me, um, you know, I, I just found that the more I um, invested in others, um, the, more I, uh, the, more that, the more that opened doors. You know, it was almost like opportunities. And, and when it comes to opportunities, believe me, people, people are always looking for the opportunities to line up. The opportunities are already there. It's you that's got to line up. And once you line yourself up, once you become fulfilled, once you become awake, aware, conscious, and I do believe a great part of that is helping others and giving um, you open yourself up to that and 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 everything starts to align and it's almost you know some of the things that happen now you know me and my 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 girlfriend or uh, um business partner Laura you know some of the stuff that happens it would freak people out it would honestly freak people out it's it's just so um, you know, and we used to say, you know, things happen, opportunities come up and we go things that people, we used to call them coincidences. We used to go, wow, that's weird. It's not weird. It's, it's synchronicity. And the we've lined ourselves up for the opportunities and the opportunities have prevailed themselves. But you know, once you do start, you know, I feel that that by starting to, to really help others is such a powerful tool that then opens up so many opportunities to you on a personal, personal level, professional level, everything. Uh, It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's hard to actually explain how it all works, but it's just given us so much in return.
0: Yeah. I think um, for you personally, uh, you know, helping people is, is your purpose. And I think everyone listening to this probably agrees that having a purpose is important. Um, but some people might think that they don't know what their purpose is or they haven't found one yet. And I think that everyone has a purpose. I think it's just a case of how long it takes you to discover it. And something that you mentioned in the book, you said, if you can't think of a purpose, life will find one for you. What advice would you give to those people who don't know what their purpose is? And they, they asking how, how can I find it?
1: Yeah, really good question. And, um, The thing is, again, you know, this, this all comes back down as well to the whole, the the topic we talked about, or the thing I mentioned about goal setting, you know, that's, it's the same with purpose. If you don't have a chosen goal, life will find one for you based on what you think about. Now, people trying to understand the purpose. And for me, you know, I didn't know what my purpose was. I, I didn't really understand the meaning of finding your purpose. I just stumbled across, you know, that, that, um, uh, helping those kids in Thailand, which then opened a massive, you know, it was like another epiphany in my life. Um, but really there's this two ends of the scale here. If you're just starting out in life and you want to find your purpose, you haven't got a catalog of previous experience to be able to go, yeah, that's because what you need to do is you need to make a list of things that made you happy, things that have made you feel complete, made you feel fulfilled, maybe make a list of things that haven't you know. um, But really, if you're you're young and you want to try and find your purpose, it's all about experiencing. You have to push yourself out there. You have to step into the discomfort in the short term for long-term gain. So start doing things. Start getting experiences. Push yourself out there. Don't get stuck in a rut of doing the same thing as you did yesterday and the day before and, and just be one of life's little glove puppets. You've got to put yourself out there. Start experiencing new things really put yourself out there. If you're sort of further, uh, you know, like myself, I'm 49 years old now. If I was trying to discover my purpose now, I would look back and I think, what has made me happy? List down the things that have made me happy. And I straight away go, right, Thailand, that was amazing. You know, all those kind of things. And I pretty much get a, a, a blueprint of everything that would 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 show that helping others is is purpose for me, and I think as well, really, I think everyone when it comes to helping others, they will find that as a, uh, that that will be um, people's that will be a wide range of people, because I feel that's within everyone. I feel helping others. So if you can find something in your life that actually helps other people, I think that's a massive. Portion already to to you understanding your purpose mm. you know and that could be that doesn't have to, if you're in work and okay it's not meeting your needs but you could do something outside of work that I don't know whether that be helping out somewhere whether that be doing a small business that you know was clearly helping other people I think that would massively uh, set you on your path to start really fe- feeling fulfilled so really, for me, you know, if you're at the other end of the scale, start looking back through your life. If you have, if you've had a lot of life experience, you need to list down everything that's made you happy. Those things that you haven't uh, haven't made you happy, you need to avoid. If you're young, then you need to you need to start experiencing.
0: There was one section in, in the in the Call to change that probably stood out to me more than, than any, and um, I read it through multiple times. I even read out, out loud to, to my girlfriend because I thought it was so impactful um, and it's that idea of the people you surround yourself with, your circle, and you know what, what relationships you allow to, to really have an impact on your life and it made me reflect because um, Joe, who I run this podcast with um, I've known been my best friend for about eight years, but before that, when we were in school, we knew each other, but we were never we never indulged our friendship. We were in different friendship groups, and I was in a certain friendship group and and at the time, I didn't realize it, but those people weren't actually nourishing me. they were just my friends at the time and I think so, the same with him, and it took us a while before we knew each other before we actually realized that, okay, this relationship is more beneficial to me, it's nourishing me more than those and i was quite ruthless in the sense that i thought right i need i need more of this for me and i need less of that to to push me forward and um, the quote that stuck out to me in the book is you said i haven't removed them from my life they're just not part of my daily um, nutrition how nutrition yeah how important is that in you know being ruthless and making those tough decisions and, and not feeling guilty about who you may be pushing to the side and who you bring into the forefront, but because at the end of the day, you have to be a little bit selfish in that regard, I think.
1: Yeah, most definitely. And I think, I think again, you know, the more mature I've got, the more I've, I've always questioned, always questioned. I was, you know, renowned for it when I was in the military, which wasn't a great thing. You know, they don't like people that question, but really, you know, when it comes to friends, when it comes to everything that I do in my life now, I ask myself, why am I doing this? Is it in line with who I want to be? Is it in line with my goals, my dreams? And I think that comes, you know, that comes down to your, you've got to, you've got to consider, look around you, the people that you spend the most time with, you will pretty much be a similar type of person to those people. So if you look around you and you think I don't want to be like this in a few years time or a few months or whatever, you need to sort of distance yourself from those people. And that's not, you know, for me at the end of the day, if those people, you know, you like having a good time with them, that's fine. But put them in, you know, sort of put them to put them in, in sort of the area where, OK, I want to go out, and have some have some fun. These are the people I call on for that. But, you know. We we're put on this earth to create okay that's our priority and i want to create stuff so i surround myself at the moment with people that align with my my goals and my dreams like you know foxy off the tv show you know we we've, we've got a lot of uh, uh, business interests together nowadays so i choose to align myself with foxy because we share those dreams i know that investing in foxy will be an investment in me now if that was if, if that wasn't the case and i knew that I only knock around with Foxy when, you know, I don't drink, but, um, you know, I only knock around with Foxy when I want to have a good laugh, go out in the town or whatever. That's fine. But the thing is, you know, I, I want my life to, to benefit others. I want to be able to create dreams, goals that align to my business interests. That's the priority in my life. Okay. At the moment, at the moment. So I'm going to choose people that align with that focus, my current focus, if in five years time, you know, I just wanted to go out all the time and have a great laugh and all, I'd choose people that were going to align with that, yeah. you know, but for me, it's about aligning with people and making sure that those people are around you, um, a high percentage than the others, if you want to, to, to achieve your goals.
0: And on, on that subject of, you know, breaking that cycle and, and, and moving towards change, um, I'm looking at the barriers to change, and I think one of the hardest parts is the mind has a instinctual thing in which it it, it wants to do what's kept it alive up to this point. Um, yeah. that could be things that are, are great, things that are positive, but adverse to that, it can also be things that make you feel sad or negative things. It doesn't it doesn't sort of discriminate in that regard. It just does what is what's been keeping it alive. How do we go about breaking that cycle?
1: yeah because that's really important as well you know we um you know as far as we're concerned and it falls back into that habit loop you know we will keep doing the things that we've done yesterday and the day before as far as evolution is concerned that has kept us alive till today doesn't care if you're happy or sad it just wants to create what we've been doing yesterday and the day before because it's kept us alive until today now, this is really where you have to take the concept and the theory and ethos of breakpoint. you know, because at the, you have to step into, you have to break that habit cycle, that habit loop. And the only way you can do that is invest in change, you know, and that is about throwing forward a goal, like you, a goal that you want to achieve, okay, and you, want, you know that to get to that goal, and the goal should scare the shit out of you, okay? The goal should fill you with doubt that you can ever achieve it. But a goal should be something that you can break down into bite-sized chunks that you can achieve. And really, it's about knowing, look, this life isn't suit me. This repeat loop is, is not suit me. It's not fulfilled. I've got the internal conflict. What do I need to do? So tomorrow, I am going to change my habits. I'm going to break that habit loop and do something different. Okay, and if the let's let's use fitness as an example on that. So tomorrow, I want to I want to get fit. I'm going to do the London Marathon next year. I've never ran in my life, but I know that tomorrow I can go outside and I can walk one kilometer. So it's embracing that short-term discomfort, knowing that the long-term gain is the fact that you'll do um, the London Marathon next year. But what what your habit loop wants to do? is tell you that as soon as you go to make that leap, it wants to go, no, keep doing what you've done yesterday. Don't do that. Sit on the couch, watch TV, eat crap food. It wants to keep on doing it. It doesn't give a shit if you're happy or sad. It just knows that doing that repeat cycle has kept you alive till today. And just understanding, you know, the whole book, you know, I tried to, I put it across in Breakpoint, my other book, I put it across definitely in this book and I've used science-backed, information of people that have inspired me you know to say that to, to pe- for people to identify and understand what's going on I know that I'm not meant to enjoy it a lot of people say oh you know what I was going to go for a run this morning and uh, I couldn't be bothered you're not going to feel like but bo- you're not going to feel bothered you're not going to be motivated people are like, I suffer with motivation forget motivation okay because There's no one that's got consistent motivation that's going to keep, you know, I don't have consistent motivation. A lot of the times, you know, when I've got to go out for five, six K run, my mind is going, go and check your phone. All these different distractions, go and check your email. Why don't you go and do that for, there's so many distractions that will take you away from knowing that there's going to be a little level of discomfort. Okay. And you have to disengage from it. You have to disengage from all of that. It's so important that you have to step out of that habit loop. There's no comfort there. Comfort zone is the wrong description. Okay, so there's no comfort in there. All you've got used to is the discomfort. That is your comfort zone. But understanding that to break that habit loop, you're going to have to keep doing a repeat cycle of something that's, that you're not going to feel like doing.
0: We know that um, we know the importance of goals and we've, and we've talked about that. Um, and you, you say a dream without a goal is merely an illusion. Um, mm. why, what are some of the reasons or the typical reasons why goals tend to fail? And what, what are people doing wrong?
1: Right. Well, there's, there's a long list of things. What people are people doing wrong? But first of all, you know, I mean, ask anyone that's listening here who made a New Year's resolution. Uh, of X Y Z that I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, change the way I am, I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to do that. Two weeks later, it's all falling apart. And the reason for that is simple. First of all, a lot of the time, people are inventing goals or creating a goal that's not really for them. They're doing it because the person they're with, they know that they'd appreciate it if they made those changes. So unless you're passionate about the goal, this is one of the most important ones, unless you're passionate about that goal, if it's for someone else, you won't achieve it because you need to be passionate about it. Let's talk about goals here because I think this is really important because this is as simple as how goals are, right? If you don't have a goal, your current circumstances become, you become a victim of your circumstances. So when something happens, when something goes wrong, You become so embedded in that situation that you can't get out of it. You're, you're just stuck in that moment. You become a victim of your circumstances. Okay. Let me give you an example, right? You see a freezing cold lake in the middle of winter. And I say to you, go and jump in that. What what are you going to say? No, no. Right. Imagine this scenario. You look into the, you look into the freezing lake there's the person you love drowning in the middle. Do you think you give a shit about how cold it is? No. Because your goal overwhelms your circumstances. Mm. And that is what pulls you through the discomfort. All right. So that gives you an example. If you haven't got that goal that overwhelms your current circumstances, you get caught in your circumstances and you become a victim of your circumstances. You know, always having a goal and always having something that will pull you through that discomfort is so important. So important.
0: It's that, it's that thing about having, having a, they call it having a why. Um, and there's, you know, there's, there's loads of examples. I mean, one of the most famous examples being um, Buster Douglas, when he fought Mike Tyson and um, his his mother passed away and, and he, he promised that, you know, he, he was going to be the, he was going to be the champ. He was going to beat Mike Tyson. And I think the, the the bookmakers give him something like thirty-six to one to win. And he attributes the fact that he won that fight simply because his why was greater than his opponent.
1: Exactly. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And and the thing is if you don't thing is if you don't have anything like that, you know, if you don't have something that pulls you through that, you just get lost in in, in your circumstances. That's why so many people you find a lot of people when they haven't got any big dreams or aspirations, they they become so focused and, you know, so micro-managers on, on, on the circumstances. You know, and it's, it's like, it's a lot, you know, for, for military, that's what a lot, I, I call it, in my last book, I called it peace and war. You know, it's just like, you used to come back and people complaining about, oh, you know, the trees growing over the fence, you know, the neighbors parked across our, you know, all that sort of really small stuff. And you think, God, how pathetic it is. it's all that white noise. And that's why going to war, your why is so massive. It doesn't have time for that little small talk bit in the, the middle that people get caught up on. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, it's always in your life, you've got to have a why. Why are you doing it? There might be people watching this, they're probably not watching this if they are, they are, that, they are that way inclined, but there might be people watching this that go, well, I'm happy, and that's fine. If you're happy with life and that's, that's you're content with everything, that's fine. But if you're the type of person, I know I am, when when I'm not doing things that align with who I want to be and, and my happiness and my fulfillment, and I don't actually think I'll ever completely get there. It'll just keep me driving forward to a better me. But to stop that eternal conflict, I need to put a process into play. If I don't put a process into play, and this comes back to your goals, people the reason people don't achieve their goals is the fact that they don't put a process into play and they leave it as as an emotion if you leave it as an emotion your brain will talk you out of doing things very quickly if i know look right i want to be this person you know down the track i want to i want to be a better me and to do that i firstly i've got to i put all these markers the way that i've got to achieve these these milestones of growth now i might not want to achieve them or, or i might not want to execute that because it's a level of discomfort and it doesn't really appeal to me but if it aligns with my goal i just know that i've got to follow the process because if i don't follow the process it's just an illusion and that's all it simply is we're just lost in the illusion of who we want to be and that creates discomfort unhappiness and i can tell you now. If you're going through that all the way through your life, you'd be on your deathbed thinking, what was that all about?
0: On on the subject of goals, then I, I wonder what your opinion is on setting like audacious goals that you have no right to be set in. I think there's that saying that, you know, if you shoot for the moon, you'll at least land somewhere among the stars. And the example I'll offer is if I'm if I'm a t I if i am if i am not a great runner and you know I, I'm I wanna run a half marathon but I decide, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to aim to run a marathon. And people think that's ridiculous. You're no good at running. You're not going to run a marathon. Well, if I train with the end goal in mind being to run a marathon, then I'm more likely to be able to run a half marathon than I would be if my, if my end goal was a half marathon, if you get what I mean.
1: Yeah, 100%. And the thing is, at the end of the day, you know what? The goal doesn't matter.
0: Hmm.
1: The goal does not matter because the thing is, the journey is where you get the growth. And by the time you got to, you know, even if you achieve fifty percent, you're still a better person. Yeah. You still yeah. achieve that growth as a person. Nothing was ever great, and nothing was ever great unless at some point you you doubted your ability to achieve it. That's in the front of the book, yeah. but that is so true. But the thing is, you know, it is about aiming for something, but it's it's the growth in the journey. That's why we get to what we've achieved. A lot of the times we get to what we've achieved and we go, mm, "That's because we're so focused on that goal, but it's not about the goal. You've changed as a person through going through that process. It's like me, you know, going for special forces selection. It wasn't the fact of getting the berry at the end. It wasn't the fact of being an SF soldier. It's the content and it's the, it's the process that developed me on the way. That was the important stuff. That changed me as a person. Not the end bit. It was the journey, and really, you know, it's it's it doesn't matter if you don't achieve your goals. You should be setting some. The thing is, the way we wired again. So many people, the majority of people, are so scared to do anything. They th- they think there could be an element. They think they may not achieve. Does that make sense? So they're scared to do things where they might, where they doubt they can achieve it. And that's why we're so trained, you know, wired to do things that we know we can achieve because we know at the end of that, Oh, at least I can tell everyone I achieved it. And although externally that looks great and everyone goes, Oh, he did what he said. But the thing is internally that that offers you nothing. And you just, it's almost like living a lie. It's like me saying next week oh, next month I'm doing a challenge um, I want you to give me a, you know, we'll do it for charity or whatever, but I'm going to run a hundred metres. <laughs> Everyone can run a hundred metres, can't they?
0: Yeah.
1: And the thing is, I know at the end that I'm going to be able to achieve it. And that's the way we want. We don't want to look like we haven't achieved. We don't want to look like we've failed. We're so scared that this hundred person audience that we think's following us around everywhere is going to be laughing at us and shouting, saying you're a failure, this, that, and the other. they're not there. They're not there. You know, so it's all about setting a goal that really scares you.
0: Yeah, I think a good example, uh, and I'm going to touch on something you mentioned there about the process, is an example I can think of is is Tyson Fury. when He said when he was so goal-driven on on being the best in the world, that when he finally uh, beat Vladimir Klitschko for the title, instead of this massive euphoria he'd always been thinking of his entire life, it sent him into one of the biggest depressions of his life. Because he hit that goal and he thought, well, now what? And he didn't, he didn't stop on the way to to enjoy the process. And you know, another example I will give on that is, is um, last year, me and me and Joe, um, we did the Everest Base Camp track, and we were walking, and I was, you know, at one point I found myself walking, I had my head down, and I was like, okay, just keep plodding along, you know, you'll get it. And um, our our guide, our Sherpa, said to me, you know, look up. You are in the Himalayas, look look at the look at the view. I was so focused on just, just get there that I forgot to lift my head up and look at the you know the beautiful scenery that was in the process.
1: I can totally relate to that. And I just um I did Mont Blanc last year and I used that as I think I'd use that as an analogy. Um, uh, well I I've used it a fair bit in my corporate stuff, but um you know it's sometimes when you create that goal. The goal is so overwhelming um, on the way to it that sometimes you just have to stop. You know, when we were climbing up the mountain, it was so slow, and you must have, you can relate to this. It's so slow, isn't it? So slow, and you, you know, it, you, you wonder how you're getting anywhere. But every now and then, forget about the goal, turn around and look back, mm. see how far you've come, and look at the view because that just fills you with so much absolute amazement and joy and energy you know sometimes it's not it's not all about looking forward it's about looking how far you've come
0: mm.
1: and even if we hadn't made it to the top which we did and it was amazing even if we hadn't made it to the top i would have still been fulfilled because i saw how far we came mm. you know but you're totally right and i can really relate to that because that's exactly for me the same as when i joined the special forces i almost wanted to be back on selection again. You know, because I got to the end and I was like, oh. you know, it didn't, it didn't, I wanted to be on the back on the journey again. I'm all about the journey. It's not about the goal. The goal is really just there. It's, it's a stake in the ground. You know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a wooden stake in the ground of where I want to be, because I know it's going to pull me forward through so much uh, development and fulfillment that by the time I get to the goal. I've I've changed as a person. Yeah. It's not about the goal. Forget the goal. You know, but you do need a goal to pull you forward. And when it comes to doing a goal as well, you know, we're we're just a mere blip in this in a lifespan. When it comes to the universe, you've got to put a date in. All right. If you just say I want uh, some point in uh, at some point I want to achieve X Y Z. If you don't put a date on it, that could be a million a million years as far as the universe is concerned. You know, so you really need to put a date on to to pull you forward um, to achieve that goal, whether that's six months or a year. Um, Yeah, but it's really important. Also, going back onto purpose as well is I talk about the purpose pyramid in the the book. Right. And for me, um, you know, everything's about purpose. Everything I do, you know, even this time now in isolation, what am I doing every day? Do I want to come out of isolation going, what did you do looking back? Oh, I spent all day on this, on Instagram. Um, You know, all I did was sit there all day long and people are doing it. People are sitting there all day long. I have never wanted to be away from my phone so much in my life as I am at the moment when I'm isolated. Because I want to come out the back end of this and go, look around me, look what I've created. And that might not be, you know, that's not just professional stuff. That is like I built a media studio in the garage that was in a room that was just a dumping room for like crap. I've built a media room in there. I call it the pod bar now. It's amazing. It's going to be amazing. Um, You know, there's so many things, but the thing is the purpose pyramid, which is something else to talk about in that book. When you look at the things in your life, look at things you might be taking on, but, or look at current habits, right? Um, I have a purpose pyramid. And basically that means that, you know, I go through a process. Like For me, I put alcohol in there as an example. Now, alcohol. First of all, do I enjoy it? Okay. Secondly, does it add growth? Thirdly, does it help others? Now, when I go through that, do I enjoy it? Maybe in the short term, but again, that goes back to short-term uh, uh, comfort for long-term pain. So, in the long term, I look at everything long-term. I don't enjoy it because uh, you know it followed days of you know I didn't feel great afterwards. Um, So it's very short term. Does it add growth? And that could be uh, mentally. That could be financially. Definitely not. And the third one, does it help others? Definitely not. So for me, that was three crosses. Now that had to go from my life. That had to disappear. Now, if you put anything in that triangle, whatever it is in your life, a current habit or something you're looking to do, if you don't tick at least two, then you should really consider why bother doing it. If you can't tick one, don't do it. Absolutely not. You know, so go through a process. That process for me, that was alcohol. Didn't tick one. Why am I doing it? Why am I doing it? You can actually put your partner in there, put your girlfriend or put your boyfriend in there. You know, and then see if um, see if they. You know, it's, I'm being I'm being serious about that. You know, relationships with anything. Whether that's a person or whether it's habits or anything, you need to, you need to go through a process and ask yourself, what is the purpose of this in my life? Just makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Mm. Because if you're just going through, um, you know, going through the cycle of every day, doing things that really are not benefiting you long term, you need to get rid of them.
0: Going um, back on one of the things you mentioned um, about how, you, how you're operating in lockdown and it, it, it brought up things in my mind like complacency and just like even outside of our current situation. So if you take the week, for example, um, you talk about that five for two trade where people are living for the weekend um, yeah. and they they, they let a the week pass them by because they just think this this five days is what I need to pay in return for two days back. And I think that's, it's a terrible way to live. And, and, you know, every Monday morning, I don't want people to ask me, what did you do this weekend? I want to ask, what did you do this week? What did you do last week?
1: Yeah.
0: How do we avoid falling into that trap of the, of the five for two trade? Because I think some people think, Oh, that's only for people who run their own business and, you know, it can't Mm -hmm. apply to me because I'm in a a nine to five job, but I think it still can.
1: Yeah. But you need to really address if, if, if that's the case, then a lot of people that like to party all weekend and that's their, their, they live in for Friday so they can go. And I used to be like that. You know, I used to live, for, my whole thing was about my job was basically to pay for my social life. You know, and that's how I saw work. It was to pay for my weekends. I really had the balance wrong. You know, I've obviously changed that nowadays. There's a couple of things here. First of all, you know, and I mentioned that in the book as well, hump day. I hate the word hump day. You know what I mean? If that is the, what you're looking at, Oh, hump day, I'm over the, I'm over hump day. I'm closer to the weekend. You know, first of all, you've got to really start to address what you're doing to pay the bills. You know, if, if that's how you feel about work, that you hate Mondays, you love Humday and you can't wait to Friday, what are you doing? What are you, you know, you really need to address what you're doing um, with your work. And also, you know, if, it, if it's a fact, you can't change that then you need to find something else that makes you enjoy every day. For me, I forget about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I love this isolation at the moment because I don't know what day it is. You know, because I'm not dictated by the outside world. Um, But it's just, it's another day. You know, there's no difference on my, you know, there's no difference on my Friday to my Monday. You know, I still go through the same things. I still go to the gym. I still do my morning routine which I ha- we're going to talk about that because that is extremely important. You know, there's no, no difference. It's not like I get to the weekend and everything just I let everything hang out. You know, sometimes I'll slacken off. I'll, I'll choose the odd day. I don't set my alarm clock in the morning. I wake up at five o'clock in the morning every day. But if, if one day at the weekend or whatever, I sleep in till six or seven, then so be it. But, you know, I don't... I really don't see this whole, you know separating the days into the you know the two days at the end living for that two days because we really should be doing something that fulfills us every day
0: mm.
1: you know so um you know i think you need to address your job if that's how you feel because work and sleep are such a massive part of our lives if, if work is making you that unhappy that you just pray for a weekend you need to find something else
0: mm. You mentioned um, the morning routine there and that's something I've got written down in front of me with an exclamation point next to it. Um, yep. When we're looking at that, the how to change section, how what is your morning routine looking like now and how have you adapted it um, to what it is now? What did it used to be or important things have you added to it that you, you wouldn't think about taking out anymore?
1: Yeah, to be honest, I mean the morning routine came from building that sort of discipline into my day. Now, I never used to have a morning routine. I used to wait until the day came to me and delivered to me what was what was gonna happen that day. And that's the thing, if you are living, if you don't take, the morning routine for me takes me to the day, and I hit it hard, and I dominate that day, okay? I can take anything on, and anything can come and hit me from that day, and I'll smash it. Now, I get up at five o'clock in the morning. I then come downstairs, and I make myself a drink. Now, there's a cocktail of stuff that I, um, that I use like, in the morning and I won't run through it, it's actually in the book, but it's, there's turmeric involved, there's, there's cinnamon, there's cayenne pepper, there's, um, there's coconut oil, all kinds of stuff, and I make sure that first drink is something that's cleansing. Now, to simplify that, it could just be warm lemon water. But the last thing you need, after your body's been through that period of fasting, the last thing you should do is put coffee into it. The last thing you should do is put caffeine into it. And let's talk about caffeine, okay? People think it gives you energy. The reason it gives you energy is because that's a toxin and your body, as soon as it has that toxin put into it, is fighting against the toxin and creates energy. Mm. Okay? Okay. So the last thing that you need to do in the morning is go and fill your body with a toxin. Okay, you can do that later on, like I have a coffee later on, but the first thing, simple as it can be, is lemon water, hot, warm lemon water with organic lemon. I, 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 I always eat organic. Um, once I've done that, and I, at this point, I don't turn my phone on, okay? If you turn your phone on, you'll lose your connection, okay? But basically, I will then go to meditation. Meditation for me is my focused attention at an intention. So that is the moment where I can sit there and I go through a guided meditation. I use Bob Proctor. I use various ones, but Bob Proctor is one of them. You can find them all on YouTube. You can get them everywhere. And that's basically, I sit there with my headphones on and I I go through a 20-minute meditation which focuses on the things I want to achieve. Okay, it helps me, takes me on a path. And it helps me focus on the things that I desire through imagining and visualizing them. Okay, but for me, it's about clearing all the crap and it's setting me up for the day. I think about my short-term, medium term, long-term goals. What I want to achieve that day, that week, that that within that, you know, whether it's a six month, you know, whatever I'm looking to achieve in that six months or, or a year. Once I've done that, I then go out this morning. I went out and I did just a 3K run luckily i 've got use of a, a swimming pool as well, so after that I did thirty lengths um, and then i' come back and then i 'll turn my phone on and that That's, allows me then to take myself to the date and we got you don 't have to do that you don 't have to do that one, but you to have a morning routine is so important that puts you in the driving seat
0: I think the uh, the content of the morning routine section was fantastic. Um, you mentioned the little little cocktail you have in the morning. I funny enough, before I read the book, I've been trying to use lemon juice, ginger and turmeric and black pepper the th- the four I use um, but again, I, I normally my, the mistake I was making is I'd always have coffee before anything um, yeah. and, the, and the, what, that's the one thing I picked up from this book is you know you said that when you when you're breaking that fast, uh, the first thing your body's doing is, is a, that's when it's going to absorb the most, and the last thing you want to do is absorb that toxin really.
1: Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, um, it, it is really important. I mean, that morning routine it really sets you up for the day, and it's it, it is so important what you put into your body um, as well. That food, you know, your body is like a sponge after you know eight hours um, or whatever you sleep. You know, it's 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 in a fasted state, and it's really important that you put something that's nutritious as opposed to coffee. Um, and you know, I I don't mind admitting, you know that. I'm not so disciplined that, you know, sometimes I slip, you know, I go through periods where suddenly I'll, my, my morning routine will drop away and I'll, I'll be that person that comes down and have a coffee. I always try and have a glass of water if that's the case. But the thing is, I'll then get back into my routine. You know, it's, it's a constant. sort of. If we're doing 80% of the things we really should be doing, then 20% is, is a pretty much, a, you know, it's, we can work with that. But you know, yet your dominant um, habits have to be in line with where you want to be.
0: One of the other things that you you attribute change to, aside from the morning routine, is is your consumption of self development, whether it be through books, podcasts, learning. How how are you managing that at the moment? What what sort of what sort of things are you consuming that are, that are helping you?
1: Um, to be honest, I mean, I. I don't, I mean, my morning routine for me, I mean, I have the, I have the, um, my meditation in the mornings. That's really that period of time between five o'clock and eight o'clock is, is me time. Now, what I'm, what I'm also going to do, because this, this period of isolation, I mean, I, I it's really confirmed to me that I have, you know, you get two types of people the introvert, extrovert. So what I'm going to s- sort of make sure going forward that my diary for the rest of the year doesn't say that I'm available until 9 30 every day. So between that time, and that's what I do, between five o'clock and nine thirty, that time is for me. All right, there will be times when I have to be somewhere or do something or, you know, I have to break that rule. But that's the time like at the moment for me, it's my meditation in the morning, you know, and I've got I've got because my book's coming out, then I'm really sort of engrossed in my own book. Yeah. to be quite honest. So, I mean, that is the book I'm reading at the moment. You know, I've, I've, I've gone through it a number of times. I've read it out, in you know, completely in, as an audio book. So really that is what I'm feeding off at the moment. I'm feeding off battle ready because, you know, that's, that's my, that's is, that's my DNA. It's my heart and soul. So,
0: um, you talk about the power of affirmations.
1: Yeah, I think this is, I had this question recently. What does, what does affirmations really do? And, affirmations really put you on track of where you you know keep you confident in what you're doing i mean an affirmation as far as i'm concerned the, the the problem with this is the way we are wired we are we are negative we are default negativity okay and and that's just simply down to the fact you know we're always everyone can relate to that we're always looking for what could go wrong and again i always keep going back to evolution evolution you know is really we're we're always looking for something that could put put us you know that could harm us that could kill us whatever and that's just the way we're geared so we're we're negatively geared so for me especially a positive affirmation is so important when you first wake up um because i find that i do you know your first 30 minutes is so important when you wake up because and I just find I have a lot of, I don't know if it's the same for everyone. I think it's the same for a lot of people though. As soon as I wake up in the morning, my, my mind is quite negative. Mm. You know, I don't particularly want to jump out of bed. I don't, you know, it's, it, you're going from a, a sleeping state to a, an awake state and your, your awake state is being dragged back to bed by a sleep state. Um, so for me, it's really about changing that. You know, it's, it's as simple as getting up and going, um, as uncomfortable as it seems, um, taking a step in the right direction is keeping me in line with my goals. I don't know, I just made that up. But, you know, having something that sort of reconfirms or affirms to you that what you're doing is in line with your goal will keep you moving forward instead of thinking about where, you know, coming from where you want to be, where you have been. Mm. So positive affirmations for me just put me back on track in line with my goal and confirm and and take me out of that negative state you know and every time you have some kind of negativity about something um you know whether it's going for a run in the morning whatever you know just simply saying stuff like i know that um uncomfortable it is at the moment i know i'm going to feel amazing straight after i do this run just by saying that to yourself in your head gives you enough um motivation to take a foot out the door you know, it's just reprogramming. It's just reconfirming uh, that the actions you're taking are positive and you need to do them to be where you want to be. You know, so I think it's really important that it, it just keeps you on track in a positive frame of mind.
0: Mm. Mate, I think this has been a fantastic conversation, a lot of practicality, which is why I appreciate more than more than anything. Is there's, there's so much practical advice in you that people can take away and, and get cracking on today. Um, where can anyone listening uh, first buy the book, and secondly connect with you and, and all your other ventures?
1: Yeah, you can actually get a signed copy of the book on uh, through Waterstones. Um, failing that, you can get the book on Amazon on Audible. Uh, so just put in battle, "battle ready Ollie Ollerton" and you'll find it there. Um, I have got a website where you can get find all the links, which is OllieOllerton.co.uk or put my name into Instagram or Twitter and you'll find links to the books and all the other content. So you, uh, you can find me if you, if you want to.
0: Perfect mate. Thank you very much for your time. I've, I've, I've had, um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I hope Absolutely. you have
1: too. Always a pleasure, mate.
0: And that concludes this week's episode of the Freedom Pact podcast. If you enjoyed listening, then please leave a rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Or alternatively, head over to YouTube and check us out there where you can get video versions of all the podcasts we are now releasing every single Monday. Also, check out our website at freedompact.co.uk for newsletters, book recommendations, and a whole lot more. And that's it. From the Freedom Pack this week, we'll catch you next Monday.